0: Hi everyone. Um, I'm Amy, uh, grateful, um, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, and, um, and Lewis just cannot lo- lose my phone number for anything. And, uh, and I got my periodic calls and so I'm so grateful. Thank you for asking me to share. So, um, uh, I'll just, I think I'll start with just some, some sort of dates in background. Um, so I, um, I, I, I actually first came into uh, Overeaters Anonymous in New York City, and it was in 1985. It was in the fall of 1985. And um, when I was there and and now, especially post-COVID, you know, I was in a meeting where there was like well over 120 people in that meeting. And it was always a a super big meeting. Um, You know, when it dropped, I think, to like 75, we felt like it had gotten small, Um, and, um, and, uh, that was, that was actually the first meeting I went to and, um, you know, the person who was speaking just was, you know, what, what I have come to know is sort of like, you know, whatever, a double winner or a triple winner. I don't know, like, you know, somebody who has, you know, was a, a food addict and also maybe an alcoholic and maybe a drug addict too. And, uh, and anyway, um, um, you know, I, I sort of lasted for maybe about 10 or 15 minutes and then I, I, hightailed tailed it out. It was so, it was just too uncomfortable for me. And then, uh, several months later, I came crawling back, uh, into, uh, into a meeting room. Um, at that point, um, when I, when I crawled back, it was, um, in February of 1986, um, I was 19 years old. Um, and, um, I had a very rich but painful internal life. Um, so much was happening between my ears. There was nothing I said about myself or to myself that was positive or nice or loving or kind. Um, I really beat myself up for um, for everything. And of course, anything that had to do um, with food, um, weight, how I looked how others looked, and I didn't look as good or whatever as, as, or as fit or whatever as, as they did. Um, and, um, and it was, it was actually quite a loud life because the noise of my head would just, I was always sort of screaming at myself. And <clears throat> when I came into, um, OA in February, um, of 1986, it was like February 1st you know, I'd gone from looking at this meeting, which had, you know, like 120, 150 people. And then this meeting had maybe 15 people, maybe less. And it was in, um, you know, they were both in church basements. One was in this giant sort of lovely church basement that had room for refreshments, like in the back. And, you know, there was that kitchen area, you know, and then this one was like this 12-step meeting room. And I say that because wall to wall, and I don't know. Um, and I know there are some um, really, I will I'll call them um, long timers here who've been going to means for a long time, but you know, all the slogans and you know how it has the script with the gray and the red, it says like live and let live and think, and, you know, just for today and one day at a time. And this was like wall to wall and um Uh, This meeting location for anyone who had been in the East Coast in the 80s and New York in the 80s and program was at um, 96th Street in Amsterdam. And um, uh, and every 12 step program went in there. And actually, even though smoking was only allowed outside, it did have that. It definitely had that stale smell to it. Um, And it was there that I found home. Um, it was there that I really, at that time discovered, I was not alone and I was open to, um, I was open to hearing, I was open, I was open to the, the messages, um, that were, um, um, that were being said, um, that meeting, I mean, I kind of was like, people would share and I'd look around me, like, you know, with that, like, how, how do they know what I'm thinking in my head, um, kind of, kind of experience, And, um, and then what happened was, um, yeah, actually I got a sponsor that meeting. Um, and, and, and I'm going to talk about this piece and I know, you know, I only have 15 minutes and now I probably only have close to 10 minutes, but I'm going to start here and then I'm going to do this mass fast forward. Um, so, um, you know, I, I had a, um, I had a, a sponsor who, um, he was very spiritually minded and. Um, I, uh, I knew it, haha, knew it. Um, so anyway, he is, thank you. Um, and he was very much, um, like, I love you. God loves you. Love yourself. Like he had this mantra and he, he did, he was probably doing, um, he had a, a probably very regular meditative and spiritual practice. And anyway, it was the first time, um, that I, um, uh, you know, I, I hadn't had that kind of experience before, and um, and I remember that, um, so you know, he'd always say, You know, I love you, God, love you, so love, your, love yourself, and and it was February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, and um, and I had this like, you know, he said that to me in the morning, and then I sort of proceeded to binge that day, and um, and you know, he when I told him and it was like the first time I told somebody like that I binged and what that was about. Um, and he said those things to me and I said, you know, I, how can I, you know, like when you say that I I can't, po- like, there is no room for like love like that. I was like, I don't have those feelings for myself. I, you know, I hate myself and you know, I don't know what it was about that and that, I don't know, bottom or whatever it is, but that was like on February 15th and you know by the grace of my higher power i have what i you know have considered you know been binge free and and abstinent um you know since that time in 1986 and um and this is such a day in a at a time program and um you know the disease is one of more and not enough and um and those are the kinds of things you know this this disease is you know it's emotional and it's physical and it's spiritual and this disease for me was really, um, you know, so, you know, physically, um, maybe the, um, trying to get the more and fill it in, you know, was, uh, you know, arrested with the help of my higher power and the step work, but like emotionally and spiritually, that was, uh, that, that is what I really struggled with for years. So I'm going to fast forward. Um, I'm in, uh, California right now. I'm right now physically in Mountain View and, and, um, and so, um, yeah, so, so what's, ha- what's happened? Well, everything, my whole life changed. Um, you know, I was, um, as 19, um, when I came into OA, so I experienced a lot of things. Um, I do have people who I know who came in, um, you know, when they weren't at at the same age, you know, they weren't, um, you know, maybe in their 20s. And they were just like, I remember in New York, they were always like, if a pisha like you can do it at 20, you know, I can do it too. And I'd be like, you know, the 20s aren't so great. You're like, I'm feeling my feelings, like, I'm angry all the time. Um, I, you know, um, and, and part of my story was, um, you know, I also then actually, at that point, I did move to um, alcohol, um, and I also, um, from my sobriety date now from, uh, from is, uh, four years later, uh, it was about four years later. Uh, so I was like, what about 24? I was about 24 when I got, when I got sober. Um, and so what it's been like for me, so, you know, that's like half of just like this very teeny tiny part of this, of this story. Um, but what I have found in my life, um, you know, when I when I started in OA, there was no OA literature. We had the there was actually the four today, uh, daily meditation, but there was um, the AA twelve and twelve and the AA big book and and although I have for sure gone through steps and used um, the O readers anonymous um, literature. Um, the big book for me has just been my grounding and my foundation in life. And, and I have it next to me and you might laugh, but this is my big, big book. It's like giant. Um, one is because, um, it has helpful with the way my eyes are now, but for me, more importantly, I have notes that I write in pencil and I've been able, you know, and I, uh, studied the big book now and I attribute, um, really uh, where I am today, hundred percent, like every day, my my gratitude is around AA and the fellowship because of the big book and like, you know, Bill and Bob, I mean, like I'd I'd be dead now if they hadn't had whatever miraculous thing that they came up with and then got um, applied um, uh, to other addictions. But the thing that Has always given me so much hope. Is in the big book. It's and there is a solution on page twenty five. And it's there is a solution. It's in italics. And you know, just for those who don't know, like when the big book was printed, which was in nineteen thirty nine, like to change the font in printing meant you stopped the printing press. You had to take out. The, I don't even know at all the terms here, that take out the letters and you had to put in the italicized letters so it could print. And then it you had to take them out again to get into the regular font that the rest of the book was printed in. That's 10, Amy. Thank you. Um, And and it is my whole, like, this is the, what happened for me in coming to OA was knowing that I was no longer alone, um, that I... Um, it opened the door to a tiny bit of light, which has just gotten bigger and bigger. And that, um, is the, um, it's the, it's the light of the spirit. It's the light of this fellowship. To me, it's all one thing I don't really have. If I use terms like God, it's, it's just convenience. I'm lazy. you know, it it takes too much time to say creative intelligence or whatever else I could use or higher power. It's just sort of the G O D. Um, and, um, I just love this paragraph. It says, the great fact is just this and nothing less that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows and toward God's universe. The central fact, it's a fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us, which we could never do by ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I am the kind of compulsive overeater. I'm the kind of eater, like uh, the chronic eater, like one bite, like, as I said, like one bite, um, is too much. And a thousand was not enough. I just had to get it in. It had to do more. I had so many holes i was trying to fill and the real hole it was it ends up was a god hole and over the years you know things change food plans change because our bodies physically change um, um, our emotional lives emotionally um i've changed because i have a plan of living and as i practiced it more and and that i practice it by working through the steps um, and and keep repeating and going through the steps and, and working them. Um, and, and then, you know, and that spiritual piece, because part of what showing up at a meeting and connecting with somebody else, somebody in the fellowship and working the steps is that brings me closer to a relationship to my higher power. And um, it is that relationship, which is the grounding for anything else that I do. Um, the other thing I feel is so compelling about, um, you know, about working the steps and and why it's, everything is so, um, it's important to follow them. And I, I'm going to now working with others because see, when we work with others and I'm looking at page 89 now, um, it says practical experience. It's practical, right? It's not foo-foo. It's practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking, eating compulsively as intensive work with other alcoholics or compulsive overeaters. It works when other activities fail. So I know that part of my program is also about um, intensive work um, with other people in program. Not again, you know, I can say the hi and hello, and that's terrific and doing service that way is also an important piece for me, but it's doing the intensive work, which is so, it's which is really important. And there's a lot of work, there's a lot of work that I'm using, right? It's a four letter word. And the book says, and it's not just the book says it, it's our experience shows that, and this is on page 88, which is like, you know, faith without works is dead and and this whole notion of faith without works comes up through in the entire big book which is like wow we can have this incredible belief in our higher power and if we don't do the follow up i mean we do all these things like in step 3 we we do so much releasing like we're offering ourselves to whatever that higher power is and then the paragraph after it tells us right away okay that's so great. Now you need to do more. And the more is this work when we start doing our inventory and looking at ourselves. And then we get to continually do that. And that's what we learn in step 10, that we continue to take that personal inventory, we continue to look for the things which trip us up, which is the resentment or the dishonesty, or the fear, right, or the self centeredness, and how those things trip us up. And it's, a program that has such clear directions. Oh, and we're such fighters. Like the first time I'm getting like, you need to do this. The next thing I'm going to do is the opposite. Like before you finish that sentence, I'm already thinking that doesn't apply to me. It won't work for me. Thank you. So, um, what I'm saying is like, it's worked for the the people here, and it actually has worked for me in following these suggestions. And I'm so incredibly grateful to be abstinent today. And so nice to see all these familiar faces. Thanks.